What's good, everybody? Welcome into Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. Uh, you've been catching Danny a couple of places recently. He's been on FanDuel TV. What is the name of the show with you and Michelle Beadle and, and Lou Williams? Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Yes, back. indeed. They got a guy that I don't know who was rhyming on it or rapping on it. They have their own little instrumental intro. And I don't know who's rapping on it. It's like one of the studio guys, his son or something like that. It's a random, but it's catchy too. And it's, it's run it up, run it back. I think it's something like that. So you you've been uh, you've been putting in that work, waking up. Was it six o'clock? Yeah, yeah no, time to I'm, get in- I'm there at six a.m. Usually, I'm waking up at five something to get there by six six fifteen in the morning, so we can mm. run run through some stuff, and then we're on air at seven a.m. Pacific, ten a.m. Eastern for those who want to tune in. Yeah. For those, for those who, for somebody like myself who was recently coming off working, uh, what, uh, doing an 8 a.m. morning show, having to wake up 5.30 in the morning, I will say this. I will say this. As much as I, like, hated it every time I had to go to bed, like, forced to go to bed early, or how much I hated getting out of the bed very early, once you get the job done, like, once you're done, it feels so good to be done with work at like 10 a.m., bro. Have the rest of your day. Crazy waiting at 5.30 for 8 a.m. show. It was wild. Yeah. I'm waiting at yeah, 5.30 for 7 a.m. Let's get there Because I got a, I would have a 6, I would have a 6 a.m. No, I would have a 6.30 a.m. meeting. Same for us. But uh, yeah, it is amazing when you're done. But I have also learned there is no, it doesn't matter what time you go to sleep. It could be early. You could be late. It doesn't matter. Like you're, there is no feeling good at that time of waking up like, no no never you can go to sleep at 10 o'clock 8 o'clock that alarm comes so fast at 5 in the morning it doesn't matter what time you go to sleep and you're forever tired but when you are done you can take whatever nap, uh, the rest of the day to yourself so it, it is delightful very good feeling especially during this time of year where the sun is down by 5 p.m you're already outside getting as much sunlight as possible i know i'm speaking to a lot of people uh who probably do the nine to five thing or even do the work from home thing actually I know we got to talk about basketball at some point, but I will say this though, Danny, this time of year, as much as it's nice to feel inside, I must say, I feel for the work from home people because you're not forced to go outside. And when you don't have to go outside, you don't have to deal with, like you don't get the sun that you really should be getting. You know what yeah, I'm trying to say? For sure. Like it, I'm, maybe I'm just saying this because I'm in New York City right now and I'm going through a vitamin D deficiency right now. Yeah, I think I need some me. sun. Definitely. And I'm, I'm, I was in Philly and it's, it's really nice here. I, there's a big difference in energy and weather. And you're missing out a lot of the world when you're not stepping outside where you feel you are. But you definitely need that fresh air. You need the vitamins. It helps even if a it's lot. 10 de- it helps even if it's energy. 10 degrees outside. Man. So when you're on the East Coast, you're inside a lot more, especially if you have kids, you're not ever stepping outside. And it's weird once you do step outside, which it shouldn't feel weird. When you're in California, you're always outside because the weather's always nice. So I'm Glad I got a little refresher and, and get a chance to visit home and be here for a couple of days, but then I'll, I'll head back to Philly in another day or two. I um I I'm going through this period where I'm gonna get I'm get, I'm going through some travel very soon. And I find myself very anxious, very anxious to get to some warm weather. I will be in Hawaii next weekend though for my birthday, oh. so I am looking forward to that. Uh, all right, let's talk about some basketball. Why don't we? Uh, we're going to talk about five teams that should potentially make a trade uh, in the very near future because of how they're playing right now. But, of course, we have to start by talking about the in-season tournament. Danny, I don't know about you, but I think it's a success. I don't care what happens in the championship game or the quarterfinal game, but it's all so far a success. Your thoughts? As me uh, being Adam Silver cooking in the kitchen, because he definitely cooked up a good... <laughs> I don't know if you see the memes. We talked about it on Running Back, but, you know, the, I guess 
gravitational pull of the fans for this tournament or just the mm -hmm. reception uh, and how the playoff like atmosphere for some of these other cities and you know the guys that the how they're competing how are they playing and, and something to, you know to win for to try to get you know more money um it's been a lot of fun too but just seeing the reception of the the fan base and other fan bases because usually right now it's football most people are locking on football but mm -hmm. because this is going on the football fans are now paying attention to basketball as well they usually don't lock in to basketball until after the Super Bowl is over um when you have this in-season tournament uh it, it's giving it a new you know refreshing energy during the regular season I said Adam Silver uh, he, he cooked up a good one with this one so it, it's been it's been fun to watch been fun to track and, and hopefully we'll see who comes out on top and I think it'll only get better as the years come coming along yeah it, if this is the first year it is definitely only going to get better just just uh, let's just get rid of the courts. We don't we don't need the courts. Nobody no, needs no, no, to no. see. No, don't just say it. Don't them. say it. We just change them. You need the courts. You need people to know when it's end season tournament. They don't have to be that bright, but we can change the courts yeah. to be a little different. They don't have to have just a trophy more, maybe in the a middle. decal, maybe a decal. That's no, it. Or or no. maybe just the trophy in the middle. That's it. No other not crazy colorways nah, going horizontally. Don't need all that. I like colorways, but some of them are just too much. Some of them I did like though. So keep the court so people know it's NC tournament time. Mm. All right. Uh I don't agree, but we but we move forward. Uh who do you think wins it all? Actually, you know what? I, said, I'll say, I, I told you, I, my my first prediction was wrong. I had underdog, I had Sacramento. So my underdog, I'm still going with underdog, I'm going with Indiana. I think this is an underdog tournament, man. I'm, I'm going with the, the young, hungry team that has 10 players that are making $3 million or less on their roster. Um, and they've been playing well during this time. You know, the Lakers and Indiana have been regular season, been pretty decent. They haven't been great. But in the NCAA tournament, both these two teams have a different life. And I think I see the Lakers and I see Indiana, you know, coming and playing you know, going ahead that I think Indiana gets it for some reason this this year. It, it should be a fun one to watch, indeed. I, I I think think I'm rolling with think I'm rolling with the Bucks, and really? I don't and I don't think the Bucks are playing the best, but I think they have the capability based on the teams left to win. And I guess that's how you have to operate with the Bucks in any series that they have in the playoffs. They they, they might all those teams have capabilities. It's a one season. It's a one game. It's, it's not a, a one game. Yeah, I said, for sure. Any given night, everybody, anybody has a capability to this type of tournament. Yeah, that's true. That's one hundred percent true. Looking forward to watching it uh, when we have the episode next week. We'll we'll review everything that happened in it. Uh, Danny will give his MVP and all that type of stuff, and we'll have give our final impressions. But I do want to talk about one player who's still left in it, LeBron James. Uh, after beating the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday night, he was quoted as saying. Uh, as it pertains to father time, they say that it's undefeated. He's just trying to give it one loss or something to those effects. And I thought to myself, damn, like I never thought about what his father time technically could fight forever, right? Because it's father what, yeah, time. What, what defines getting father <laughs> time, right? Yeah, what, what exactly would be an L on father time's record how do we quantify that how do we classify that so i'm curious to, to uh hear your thoughts on what would father time taking an l actually be like in the, as it pertains to lebron um i think for any player playing 20 years the same level or efficiently as you've been playing is a win against father time for any player and some guys have beat father time for a pretty good amount of time i've seen timmy do it i've seen tony amato i've seen some other guys do it but so Father Time, so you're, so you're saying Father Time never beat Tim Duncan? 
I don't, it's, I don't know, man. It's it's, and it's not offense to say, if, and it's not, there's nothing wrong with saying Father Time beat Tim Duncan. No, I don't think he did. I think he did, he did four years of college, and he played, what, 19, 20 seasons in the league? That's that's a lot of... So, he, so he got to win. Even in his last year, it wasn't like he was averaging single digits. You know, he, he was still playing efficiently. I think LeBron has already got to win against Father Time, in my opinion. But I think for him, his definition of being Father Time is to play with Bronny and still play it at the level he's playing at right now, which... I think he's very capable. So of not doing. so not just not just playing with Bronny, but playing at a very at comparable level. level. Yeah, this is twenty plus, you know, six and seven or whatever it may be. What he's doing, but he's already in my my mind. He's already beat Father Time because he's thirty nine mm-hmm. years old. He's been playing for twenty one seasons, and he's averaging twenty plus points. You know, six, seven, seven, eight. However you want to put it, nobody we've never seen this before. So he's doing something we've never seen before, and his twenty first year. So in my opinion, he's already beat Father Time. But I think in his mind is he wants to play for as long as he can play and still play at that level. And I think all he wants to do is win one year with Bronny and then he'll call it quits. And if he plays at that that level, he defeated Father Time. I'm over here. I, I'm multitasking, listening give me, to your give me your, give me your, your, give me your thoughts. Of, but my mind also had to go but, but my curiosity had to go back and find Tim Duncan's final year in the season. To 2015-2016, uh, 61 games played, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 58% from the field. Is that, what is that stat? And this is, and 1.5 blocks. I mean, after, yes, and he uh, coming into lead in 97-98. So obviously he played for a long time, but you, let's, what, let's what was his points? Into, Eight point, eight point six points. The year before, okay. it was thirteen points, nine, thirteen points, nine rebounds. The year okay. before that, 15, 15 and nine, 17 and ten, fifteen and nine, thirteen and nine. So the, almost a double double. Uh, he was still a much. starter. I think he was, he was still, still a starter. Yeah, still starts. Yeah, no, right, obviously he still a very long. impactful player. Yes, Yo. yes. I mean, I, and I, back I, then I, the eight is more like 12, 13 now. Yeah, more possessions. Faster game, yeah, it's for sure. It's a way of You look at the MVP numbers of Steph when he first put and D Rose, like there was like 23, 24 points. Now, you now got MVP is like 31. Yeah, so you got to add another four or five points to those points from, Fair points. from, from then to 10 years ago. So 8.6 is like 12, 13, 12, 13 points, you know, today's yeah, game. That's fair. That's fair. That's 100% fair. And a starter. Um, yeah. I, Seven I, rebounds, too. Two blocks. Oh, no, Come no, on, man. No, no, no. Okay, so, so, so he beat. Okay, so, in your opinion, he beat Father Time. Yes, in as my it opinion. pertains to yeah. What is your as definition per- of beating Father Time? I mean, technically, Father Father Time keeps playing, right? So, like he plays, he plays as long as you play. He, Father Time, yeah, and then and then eventually you stop playing. But that's your decision. Yes. Okay. Yes. So in order to be father time, it has to be your decision and you have to be at your athletic peak. It can't be, it has to be like. It can't be a more, less, more than half. Like if you're half diminished of your, yourself, that's when I think you're defeated. If you're more than half of yourself physically and performance wise, impact wise, then I think you yeah. lose all the time. Well, Either way, it looks like LeBron is doing it. And I would say he definitely has a win over Father Time. If he manages to even, if it's even conceivable that, the fact that it's conceivable that he could play with Bronny and the fact that it, like it's legit a strong possibility. I, I would say over 50, I would say over, I would say over 75% chance, no, over 60% chance he actually gets to play with Bronny. 
Yeah, which is crazy. I thought there was no shot when he said that, what, two years well, ago? He said it a year or two ago, and I was like, that means he has to play another two more years. I was like, there's no way. But the way he looks this year, I'm like, oh, man, you're going to make me eat my words. It, it, it's looking very <laughs> right? strong case. It's like a 70 to 80% chance in my mind right now. If he stays fresh, might just only 20 games. We'll see game 70. But if he stays like this, he's for sure going to – he's a high percent, 70 80% chance to play with Bronny. Yeah, I, I was happy to hear as it there's there's two sides to this story though, right? Like Brownie also has to make it to the league. So I will say For this. Sure. I am ha- I am happy to hear uh that it looks like he'll be getting back on the court sooner than later. I think it's been rumored that it'll be Sunday. Uh he'll make his debut for USC, and that would be the day after the potential champ well, of the championship game. It's of the, the day of the tournament. championship game. No, the day though the day before is the day after. In season tournament final is was on on Saturday. The championship games on Saturday. Championship game, yeah. You know, they they're not messing with the NFL Sunday. NFL knows better than that. <laughs> so, and it's the and it's pretty smart. Now that I think about it, ooh, USC and the did. league probably they probably had some type of scheduling of knowing. Nah, it was real. No, I didn't think about this. So, college football Saturday. Like, if you're the NFL, you don't even want. If you're the NBA, you don't even want to battle college football Saturdays because it's a big deal. But this is the first weekend with no college football games because it's, it, the conference tournaments were just, yep, Adam was cooking. <laughs> yes, he was. Okay. It all makes sense now. Games on Tuesdays <laughs> and Fridays strategically when you don't have NFL to battle with, and you have the semifinal games <laughs> on the first Saturday that there's no college football. Well done. Well done. <laughs> you guys should watch the YouTube that video. Boy to see the kitchen, boy, that boy in the kitchen, boy. That boy in the kitchen. That boy in the kitchen, boy. Like yes. bear, the bear, the show you recommended. Yes. Oh, speaking of shows, speaking of shows, um, have you started watching Fargo yet? No. Um, I'm I'm a big I have to catch I haven't been watching TV as much as I would like to now that I have a little one. Um, I'm a big Godzilla fan. For those that don't know, the new is one out right now I want to see in theater. And there's a TV series called Monarch about all the Titans. So I'm kinda on that, but it's going slow. About uh, all so the it, Titans. The Titans are all the monsters that Godzilla consists of and he fights, basically. All the, the big animals that roam the Earth during his time. You know what's, you know what's Kong, crazy? Godzilla, Ghidorah, Rodan, all those guys were called Titans. Uh, we're going to have to go to break soon, but you know what's crazy? I have absolutely no idea. No idea. I'm not shocked. What the, about this. What, what the backstory is of Godzilla or King Kong? They're just big bears. I'm not shocked. New York City. To me. I have no. I have no. I have no idea. Well, Godzilla started in China, actually, and he there was nuclear reaction. So it's like Godzilla was a lizard. Nuclear reaction made him grow and be bigger than he was supposed Maybe, to. No, don't don't spoil it. Maybe I'll watch Godzilla. You'll Maybe, never watch give, it. Give me the best Godzilla movie. Is there a good Godzilla? Is there a good Godzilla movie? There's a bunch a good of King them. Kong movie. A bunch of them. Skull Island. There's there's a bunch of them. They remade Godzilla every five to ten years. There's like different story like different sets or different sets of Godzilla like every ten to twenty years. Just like bat, just like Batman. Yeah, that's crazy. That's well, why he's iconic. Maybe, yeah, I, I guess so. Maybe I'll maybe I'll tap in. Uh, when we come back from break, though, I do want to talk about another team that is in the in-season tournament. That's the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, looking at their roster, looking at their standing in the rankings, it could be time that they make a move. We'll talk about them and some other teams when we come back after the break. 
Welcome back to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. You guys already know the vibes. However, this week we're going to switch it up. Usually we do try to do the pick and roll here, but it's becoming that time of the year where uh, you could really start to evaluate teams and potentially see them being real NBA title contenders. I want to mention five teams that could either that could make a trade right now that could potentially push them a little bit closer to getting the Larry O'Brien by the end of the season. And Danny is going to rank them in order of they should make a trade all the way to the team that should not or the least uh, forced to make a trade out of the bunch. All right, we'll give you number one, Danny. The number one team that I think should make a move, the New Orleans Pelicans. And I'll tell you why in a moment. Uh, they have Here's the players that they could potentially trade in a deal. Herbert Jones, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jordan Hawkins. You can't, you're, Obviously, you're not trading these guys, but those are players that I'm looking at because that's a lot of wings, Danny. And I it don't is. think they, they don't need all of those wings in order to be the best version of themselves. Again, Herbert Jones, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jordan Hawkins, and obviously Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, Williamson are already big time uh, money makers in terms of salary. So you don't want to you can't dedicate too much salary to that position with those guys already being there. Uh, okay, the next team, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Right now, a top three team in the Western Conference. Who knows how long that lasts? Rest assured, they got a they got a squad over there, and they're definitely on the younger side with Shea Gilgis Alexander, Chet Holmgrim's J Dub. They could potentially, Danny, trade for a three and D player and maybe get them a little bit playoff ready. Get a player that can guard the LeBrons of the world. Get a player that could potentially guard. I'm trying to see uh, a Luka Doncic of the world. Then, a little more yeah, only, defensive and better leadership is what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, so, that, okay. that would that wouldn't hurt. But obviously, they're still young. They don't need they don't need to do anything, especially yeah. with all the draft picks that they have in their arsenal. The Orlando Magic, probably the biggest shock of the NBA season so far, top three team in the Eastern Conference. They could just say, "We'll roll with what we got," or they could look at their point guard slot and say, "Maybe we can trade some of our assets and actually get a real starting point guard." Depending on how much they believe in their young rookie. I don't need to explain the 76ers too much because we all understand the situation with the 76ers and all the assets they got in the James Harden deal. And then, and then, Danny, a team that you played on, the Cleveland Cavaliers, right now, out of the playoff race in the Eastern Conference, really haven't gotten their footing uh, as it per stands right now. And there's always going to be this big question, Danny, about Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Can they actually coexist on an NBA title team, considering the fact that both of them are not three-point shooters? So uh, those are the five teams. I'll say them one more time. Uh, Pelicans, Oklahoma City Thunder, Orlando Magic, 76ers, and the Cavaliers. Out of those five teams, who absolutely, absolutely needs to make a trade? Number one. I'm going to go backwards. I think the least likely that needs to make a trade is Philly. Then I'm going to put OKC. At number, so, so I think there's five so, teams wait, or six so, teams. So, so you, so wait, so you, I'm, I'm, I'm going the team, backwards. So you, it seems that going the, backwards. Just, it's five teams okay. or six teams. Yeah, six teams. So five. I'm putting Philly, Philly at five, and I'm putting OKC at four. I think That's number one. I think nor, number one would be New Orleans Pelicans. I think there's two inconsistent, and they have so many wings. So I think they need to make a trade uh, to get them, uh, push them right where they need to be in the contention, and not have to be worried about the play in and make sure they're in the playoffs and actually can give other teams a run and, you know, get out of the first round. They can sneak somebody and, and win. Um, the I, other two we'll teams. Stop, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about the Pelicans real quick. 
I okay. think I know what I know what I would do if I was a general manager and I was looking at that roster. If I was the Pelicans, I'm curious what you would do if you were to. They again, I just I named what six, seven wings. They're like that's not feasible, especially when no. they're that talented to retain sure. all of them. So you have uh, CJ. What, CJ's how, what, a good would you, one. what would you do? Yeah, as a good three, I would use some of those wings to get a Demar Derozan or somebody like that if you could. If you want to, interesting. You know. Get, you know um, that gives you a little more consistency on the offensive end. I feel like they do have some good shooting, but I would not let go of Trey Murphy. Um, I no. think he's too intricate. I think he's really well, he's very well-rounded and a good potential star player in our league. That could be very good for them. Um, but the other guys, I think, are not. I like her, but I like Herb. I like Herb I Jones like Herb too. Jones. I like Jordan Hawkins, but I just I just said they're not untouchable. That's all I'm saying. So you get a guy like a Demar. I'm not saying necessarily it would be Demar. But if you can get a guy like that, if you get another star player that can come in and, and give you some consistent, you know, a different refresh on the offensive end, because you know they always have injuries with CJ. Or, you know, if you wanted another solid real point guard, that's what something I would look at as well. You know, if you can find that, which is tough to do in this league, that's just a pure point guard that can facilitate and set the tone. Um, yeah. So... So it's hard. Yeah, that that's what I had on my list. If I was to trade one of those wings, I'd want a pure, I want yeah. a pure point guard. CJ like, is a point guard, but he's not a he's more of a scoring two guard. Most importantly, he's more of a two, and he more naturally more of a two guard shooting guard. But he is playing the point guard. He can play the point guard, but I would like to have him off the ball some belt to just score as well. So I would get a pure point guard, or let's say another star wing or three another like. Combine those and get one stable, good wing and three and D wing guy to go with Trey Murphy and, and to make that a lethal, you know, duo. When they're healthy, they pose a lot of problems. And when they're For healthy, sure. it also enables them to take that team to another level via trade, which could be another problem for the Western Conference and the NBA. We'll see how uh, they handle it there in New Orleans. I love, I, I love the potential of this roster, not just what they are, they always but what have they a lot could of be. Yes, and yeah. other two teams. Yes, are- the you number two. Cleveland Cavaliers, and you said the Orlando Magic. I'm going to go with Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers, man. They're just not living up to the expectation that we I thought the, the signings they made, they made some great moves this offseason. You thought they were going to be really good. For some reason, they're taking some hits and some bad losses. Um, the one against Portland was tough. Um, they it, they said lost more games. And, it, you know, the coexistence of Evan Mobley. And now they're looking at also not just that, the coexistence of Darius and, and Donovan. Like, now you have mm. two groups of guys that you like. Does this make sense? They're both scoring smaller guards in that backcourt, which kind of gives you some li- like your defensive liability in that situation. You have two small guards; it's hard uh, to be, especially when, or to especially be. with Max Struess at the, especially with Max Struess at the three. Your, your smaller, you know, backcourt at this, at this, when you have those guys in the lineup, your frontcourt is oversized; they can't shoot as well. Like you have to mix it up some way or somehow. But I'm not saying those four guys need to go. But I think we need to find the right pieces. I thought Struess was a good piece. I thought George was too. But you have to change the light of some, and you got to find some more depth, either that or, or said find another star that you can package the guys that you feel don't work together, and then either keep two of them, and it's whether either Donovan and Evan or Darius and Jared, however you want to do it, uh, or at least keep three of them. You know what I'm saying? One of those guys would have to go, and then you figure it out and get another star, another you know bigger wing player, um, and, and go that route. But I think they're at number two in a team that needs to make a trade. So number one is OKC, no, no, New Orleans, excuse me, New Orleans Pelicans, and then actually I would might have put Cleveland at number one. <laughs> but I think New Orleans... Yeah, if you, I mean, if you think about it... Uh, think it, about it. it. Cleveland needs it more than New, New Orleans does because New Orleans just... We didn't have the expectation from the New Orleans. They're doing better than they did last year, and they're living... All other teams are 
Orlando's higher than we expected. Cleveland's the only team that's not exceeding or playing at the expectation we thought they would, and they're below that. I think they're in need of a trade more than anybody. So they're number one. New Orleans, number two. Orlando Magic, number three. Number four would be the the Thunder, and then number five would be the Sixers. Now, I find that I'm on pace with you with that list. I, I had the Cavaliers towards the bottom too but i but when you think about the expectation that they got to get to and the big quite like no i don't think people wonder if new orleans is going to work i think they the question is will they be healthy and then we could evaluate yes. i think with the with the calves even though they don't have too much proof of concept but they've only been together one year right the core of this team even still i think you look at it and you say to yourself i don't think that's going to work like Mobley and Jared Allen, I don't. And then, you, to your point, you could also look at the backcourt. So maybe the Cavs should be number one in a team that should make a trade. Uh, number two, the Pelicans. I here's why. Here's what shocked me. I thought you would have definitely put if you had the if you put Cavs one. I thought the 76ers wouldn't be last on your list. Why are they not? Why? How did they become last? Considering the winning. assets they well. have, they have yeah, a lot of assets. You, I just don't think it's a need for them. I think they should. Not only the fact that I'm biased because I think it opened up a situation for me to be able to come back and play there, uh, but I think out of those five teams, they're the least in the need of a trade because they're already a top three team in my eyes in the East. They're winning games, top three or four. They're already in the playoffs, and they could be contenders with the group they have. The other the other five, four teams actually need something to get them either solidified in the playoffs or you know playoff contention. However, yeah. you know. Philly is just a very, they're already, they're in the playoffs. They have their, I have contention. Now they're not serious contenders. They're on the break of contention with their group, but they're definitely a top four team in the East and making the playoffs with the group they have already. Fair enough. Those other Fair four enough, teams I... are not. Well, oh. Okay, see, so they're well, top four. They're in the playoffs, oh, but I don't know if they're a top yes. four team. But that's why they're, gotcha. that's why they're the, the number five. That's why they're number five. Yeah. And, and fortunately for them, they do have time to kind of wait it out. As well, because sure. they are they are so young and they do have a number of their players under contract and they have all those assets. They could take their time. I think the magic. I'm not. I don't believe in the magic. I'm gonna have to. I'm. Gonna, they're gonna have to show well, me. They're exceeding expectations. So for you sure, know, yes. They're not. They're Until not then, panic mode. They're not panic mode. That's why they're number three on the list. They're right in the middle. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then as you and then as you mentioned, uh, the Pelicans number two. Uh, because you never know. And then number one being the Cleveland Cavaliers. I didn't know. I didn't think this segment would go that way with the Cavaliers being number one, but it makes all the sense in the world. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, when we come back from the break, I'm uh, going to update you on the story that I revealed last week and uh, we'll have our parting words. Be right back. Danny, I have lost faith in the humankind. I have lost. I, I, don't, I don't know, know why you had so much faith to begin with living in New York. Uh, and just knowing, like I said, when you read social media, you see what's going on in our world, the new generations, how crazy are the TikToks? You know, people are it's getting crazier. The world's getting crazier. It's, it's so delusional. They're so untrustworthy. I can keep you can keep you keep going. I can hear you. I'm gonna go grab. I'm gonna go grab the items. Okay, so that people can people can see why you're untrustworthy. Okay, so yes, I don't know why you had so much faith to begin with in our 
the, the human race today. The human race today is very untrustworthy and they're doing extreme things just to get noticed, notified and to be relevant uh, for no reason. You know, some of it is great as advantages to it, but a lot of it's making people crazier. They're doing the most outlandish things and they can get away with the most outlandish, outlandish things because of it. You know, they can lie, they can scam. You know, there's people even admitting to scamming people online and how they do it. One guy was saying he, he scammed a doctor 200 times or something crazy like that over, you know, two years and drained him of his account, lost his marriage, all types of stuff. So people go to extreme lengths to scam you. And you live in New York, the hustle state of America, uh, like the yeah, biggest hustler the hustle, state in America. Yeah, You learn this as a kid when you're in New York. Don't trust nobody. Don't tell nobody. You learn this. And some people just genuinely, will, they're charismatic. They're good at what they do. Yeah. And then uh, so, yeah. so give us a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I mentioned the story briefly on the show last week because we had to go. Uh, I'll, I'll try and recap it one more time and I'll give you the conclusion of it. Uh, but essentially what happened, middle of the day in New York City, the Lower East Side portion of New York City, uh, not Times Square where the hustlers roam, not anywhere that's uh, tourist central, in the middle of a down, uh, the middle of downtown Manhattan, Lower East Side, was approached by a car. Uh, the man said he was in desperate need of money. I gave him money that was already on my hand, already in my pockets. Uh, feeling bad for his circumstance, he said he lost his ID, wasn't from the country, and had to drive down uh, to go to the consulate to, to get a new ID. And I said to myself, what would I do if I lost my ID in a foreign country? I guess I would have to go to the consulate, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so I gave him the money out of my hand. The guy then proceeded to uh, do a number of things to try to persuade me to give him more money. One, he wanted to pray with me. I, I, I don't, we're not the same religion, but if the guy feels like praying, it, I thought it must mean something to him. He also then offered me uh, the ring off of his hand, showing to me uh, that I don't really care about money. It's, I, I don't care about material things. I just need the money to get home and get a new ID. So he gives me a ring. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for what's happening with you right now, but there's not too much more I can give you. Well, then he continues to say, uh, continue to tell me his story. He then, um, then he does some other things that were like uh, very, uh, that drew my attention, drew my uh, uh, hair. He started, uh, again, he started praying with me. Then he like, he did a gesture where he kissed my forehand. And I'm saying to myself, I don't know what length, I wouldn't go to these lengths for a couple of dollars off somebody. Like, no, there's no way. Gave you some more jewelry, gave you some chains. It, yeah, so there, so then he started to then give me chains off of his body. Uh, he said, I don't want these, you can have them. I just need as much money as you can give me. Oh, by the way, he had his younger brother in the car with him and saying that they need to drive down to Florida to the consulate to get a new ID. Uh, and they needed food and gas and maybe and a whole and money for a hotel. And so watch. I say, So, sir, I can't do anything else for you. Then he continues to talk to me. He shows me his bank. He shows me on his phone, on his phone, an app that shows how much money he has in the bank. Said over $300,000. And now after this guy's giving me jewelry, he's prayed with me. He's, uh, he's kissed my forehand. And now he shows me an app that shows over $300,000 in the bank. I'm like, damn. I guess this is how I would act too if I was in a foreign country. I lost my ID and I just needed cash on hand. I had no, I had no wallet. I had no bank cards. 
I've given you everything I got on my body and I hopefully I can get enough cash. And so he tops it off with this, which as you could see, if I put it closer to the camera, is a Rolex. I gave him money. And then I said, at the very least, if this, oh, and then but by the time I left, the guy said, here, give me your phone. Let me put in my number. I'm going to call you now. So you have my number so that when I finally make it safe, I can contact you. We could catch up. And maybe I come back to New York City. You show me around the city. I never, I didn't, I didn't get to explore, experience it as much. Okay. This, I, so I take, I give him money. And then he dis he disappears. I yeah. can't call the, the I call him, no response. I text him, no response. Mind you, I made sure I had his number before I left him that day. I saw my phone number come up in his phone and vice versa. So I go down to the the di the, the diamond district with our producer Amjed on Monday night. Because I haven't heard from the guy. And I said, at the very least, what I can do to get some of my money back, if not all of my money back. It's just trade this stuff in, right? Even if it's not worth as much as it could potentially be worth, even if it's not $20,000 worth of jewelry or something like that, it's got to be worth a couple hundred bucks or something. Well, I walked into the jeweler. I didn't even bother to show him the chains. Didn't even bother to show them the ring. I said, I want to see how much this is worth. The guy's words, Danny, worthless. <laughs> can I get a can I get 20 bucks for it? What about these chains? I would have some. Yo, so he sure, said going back to your story, worthless. Going back to your story, I don't think if any of us were in a bind, we'd be acting like that anyway. You would not be acting like that. He was overdoing it. And if he had all that jewelry that was supposed to be real, I'd go to the pawn shop. If you really would, I would have went somewhere, you would have sold your jewelry somewhere else. You don't go to a stranger in the street. Lesson yeah. learned. Lesson learned. Hey, you got all this jewelry, you don't care about it? Go fucking sell it. I'm not a pawn shop. I can't help you. Yeah. Excuse my language, viewers, but yeah, no, no, that's bro, no, that's that's not, what that's what that's what I should have said. You, oh, I was yeah. Like, yeah, we figure it out. You got phones. You got ID on your phones. Google. You go somewhere else. You sell your jewelry. You you're not gonna sell your jewelry, your real jewelry, or give it away to a guy that gives you a couple hundred dollars. That does not make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just don't have pawn shops in the country where he was from. But Even all then, the but I'm daddy, not giving daddy, it away for five. Oh, Couple hundred Danny, dollars. Well, I'm not yeah, getting a Rolex for that. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Yeah. So all bro, all of the, all of the praying, yeah. all yeah, of he the, good. he was good, bro. The fact here's here's the thing that pisses me off now. The fact that he after after he conned me right after I got hustled, which I hate to say the fact that I got hustled. After I got hustled, he could have as soon as I gave him the money, he could have peeled off. <laughs> but he played, he committed to the bit. Oh, he no. said, here, take my number. Let's make sure we have each other's number. And then he offers to drive me home. <laughs> Come on, ride. son. A very, very That's expensive a Uber ride. But hey, lesson learned. Come on. That is like, okay, this, you hustled me. This is why me, you, you need to watch me. more TV. You, you, see, you probably didn't see Inventing Anna or Tinder Swindler. These people are great. Man. I haven't seen these. Adam, see your list. This is why you got swindled. Tinder swindler. They're very charismatic people. They know how to commit to some sh some shit and get you to persuade you uh. to do something stupid. Well, at least you got a ride. It'll get back to you, though. It'll <laughs> come back to you. In good faith, good health. You know, you did some good, kind thing for somebody yeah, else. I mean, It'll come back to you. That's that's I, all we I, can think of. I I, 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 I told producer Andre, I was like, yo, his ribs got, must have been touching. 
Like this is like this is a desperate move to yeah. go to these he lengths. He was overacting. That would have given me a fishy sign if he's doing all of that to show me. You proving I have all this means you don't have it. Yeah, but hey. that is true. You learn lessons learned. Uh, with that being said, y'all, during this holiday season, don't get hustled. Just yeah. listen to the Inside the Green Room podcast and watch and the only NBA. If you're watching, your ass inside. Was that? Oh, see, I don't even know if that's his. Name. He put his name as M Mustafa Ali in yeah. in my phone. Well, happy holidays. Is that actually Mustafa? his name? Probably not. But if you're watching this or listening to this, you bastard, happy holidays and keep it changed, you filthy animal. <laughs> well played. Thank you. That was a good way. To, that's a good way to send it off. And with that, happy holidays, you filthy animals. We'll see y'all yeah. next week. Read, subscribe, rate, review. You know what to do.